Well, hey there. Well, hi there. Ho there. How, oh my! I was gonna say ho there. there. No, you took my only thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. It I swiped it right from you, right f- out from under your feet. Swiped it from under my feet. Swiper, no swiping. Did you Did you see the Dora the Explorer movie? I did not. You should have. Did you? Yeah. With who? Uh, our family. Wait, they went and saw the door. That why? Without you. Um, I don't. Just for fun. Mom and dad didn't like it, but I liked it. So, and my review is obviously the more important one since this is did our review podcast. Lainey, the child, like it? I don't remember. <laughs> Probably not because I don't think she ever watched Dora. This this movie was I, weird because who was it no, marketed she to? She watched Go Diego Go. She did Do watch you not Go Diego. This about Diego her? was in the movie though. <gasps> was he? Yes, he was a key character. Well, not. not I'm glad. Like the main character, obviously, Dora was the main yeah, character, but like, but like a major. he was. He was a major, a major component. Um, basically, mom and dad were like, "This was not as," in- <laughs> they didn't say it like this, but basically, they were like, "This is not as intellectually stimulating as I wanted it to be," which I really like <laughs> expecting something really like revolutionary from the Dora and the Lost City of Gold movie. So, anyway, well, that's good. I'm glad I didn't. I really didn't know that. Wow. Five out of five I'm- stars. Can't believe I hadn't heard about that yet. I haven't actually heard of anyone seeing that movie. You're the first person I think I've met in real life who's seen that movie. One of my friends saw it four times. Four times? Yeah. Why? Just Did they liked like it, it that much? Yeah. What? Some of the times they went by themselves. That's embarrassing. Hey. I'm glad you didn't name them because that's the kind of thing that you should not admit to the world. Different strokes, you know? Hayden went and saw, um, I'm going to name this person, uh, Us, four different times, but Us is an entirely that's different a, g- a good movie. film. That's, a, <laughs> that's such okay. a good movie. That's okay. Anyway, hi, I'm Gray. And I'm Marcy. And I'm a writer. And I'm a reader. And this is... Bookends. A literary, a literary podcast. podcast. Oh my god, we say it at the same time. Well, I always say it. Why'd you say it? I don't know. I'm back in my dorm room, so everything's getting, like, reconfigurated in my my life, in my head, in my space. I'm I also playing with play I got a month right off now. everything. Wouldn't that be so fun if just humans, just anyone working forever? Because, like, our parents are both teachers. And so growing up, it was like they got summer break as well. But like most humans do not get that once you're out of school. And that's upsetting. I remember having that realization at some point in my late teens. I don't know if I was in college or not yet. But like thinking about my career and being like, oh, my God, if I don't teach, I have to work all year. What? What? <laughs> that's Literally terrible. all year. That's so much. It's horrible. Although to be fair, I think if I had three months off, that would be too much. You know, that'd be that'd yeah. Be... And teachers do stuff over the summer. I think that's a common misconception that they literally don't do anything over the summer. They like do a lot of their lesson planning over the summer, and they have like professional development and stuff. So it's not like they're like fully off. It's just that it's obviously less than if they were teaching. Teaching. I feel like a month would be good. You know. That's yeah, good... I just month think and a half, we should have more vacation. Just like. The American philosophy of work until you drop dead isn't super great. Um, work until other countries you get a die. lot of more get a lot more time off than we do, and it'd be really nice to just get more time off. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, hey, you know, if this podcast takes off so that we're super duper rich and famous, we will just have we'll just work from home. It'll be fine, and you can drop out of medical school, and that'll be it. And I'll stop writing, and yep. that'll be it. It's a really sustainable plan, um, especially for me with no backup. So once your books yeah. get big, you're going to have to start giving me like 40 to 50 percent of what you make so that I can then sustain on that because yeah. nothing lasts forever. I had no response to that. You're just that, that's just sort of a true statement. Yeah, no, it's true. Backup plans are always good. Woo. This is a depressing conversation. This is a bad episode so far. This is a work related episode that I and I don't like it necessarily. Anyway, can we talk about books now? Sure. Um, What's what's going on with books? (laughs) Hey, what's the deal with books? It's not even a joke. I just, I had the, so with the new year coming, I've been thinking about, so back it up. I obviously had to look over my list of books that I read like a lot to do our year-end wrap-up episode and like every episode that we do that has a list I end up sitting down and looking at my red page by like I you know I pick it apart 
And I just noticed there's a lot of the same on there and I'm wanting to read more stuff that's different. And I'm trying to like plan out kind of the direction I want to go with like, you know, I want to read at least 52 books again this year. I did it last year. I was very proud of that. And it's like, I don't want to waste those books. You know, I end up spending like I end up reading like 20 of those books are like fantasy romance series that are like four books long. And, it, you know, I don't know. I just what is your thought on reading for fun versus fun plus edification of reading things outside of your comfort zone? Um, that's a good question. I think if you're not having fun reading what you're reading, you shouldn't read it. I think you should read outside your comfort zone. But I think that if you're like 40 pages in and you're like, I hate this experience, you have no obligation to continue reading. I think it's more about finding what you like and like exploring than it is about forcing yourself to finish a book that was bad just because other people tell you you should read it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm usually pretty good about that. Like in terms of like, I don't like wasting my time, so I'll swerve on books. But and then I'll mark them as read because I feel that I have done all that I could do. You're <laughs> like my job know. here. My job here is done. <laughs> I don't know but if it's about cheating, you but it's like I'm never gonna finish it. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just I still don't quite know what I want to do with my year in terms of books. Like I want to read more classics, and so I went and I checked out a few classics in the library, both as like audiobooks and Kindle books. And then I just haven't reached for them at all. Like I just keep picking other things that I have checked out over them. And it's like, do I force myself to read the classics that I actually like I want to have under my belt? Or do I read the book that is calling me? You know, I don't know. Here's what my strategy is. If I have to read a book or do something with a book and I don't I know that I'm not going to like actually pay attention to it if I have it there in front of me, I listen to it as an audiobook. And I talk about audiobooks a lot and I don't mean to. But I have it playing, and then I do something else. That way, even though I am bored by it, I am still doing. I am still like enjoying myself and like whatever. Like when I have to read classics in in school and stuff because I'm an English major or whatever, and I hate it, I'll just play it on two point five speed and then play The Sims in the background, and then I've had the experience. But I'm not wanting to like I don't know, jump off a bridge or something. I don't you know. know I just mean? don't want to do the book dirty like that. Also, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And so I'm like, well, if I'm listening to audio that I'm not liking, I'd rather just be listening to like the true crime podcast I'm obsessed with right now. You know, I, I don't know. I'm in a like I'm in a weird doing, place with my book selections. I like doing books dirty. I think you should do books dirty. I think if a book is not um, serving its like function, which is depending on the book, but like, you know, you know what I mean? Then it's it's not really... You know, I don't know. I just feel like George Orwell is dead. If I go at three <laughs> times speed through Animal Farm while playing Sims, he's not going to get offended, you know? I mean, that's fair. He, what's he going to do? Be racist in the grave? He was a really yeah. racist man. I hate George Orwell. Anyways. Oh I know you do. I know this about you. You know this about me. Anyways, speaking of books. We speaking got them. Uh, we, 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 we read them. We read them. We got them. Fresh from the book farm. Um, did you know, Gray, this is episode 12, which means that this is our sixth month of podcasting. Aw, that's kind of That's pretty fun. cute. I, I don't have that. anything special planned. I just noticed as I was typing in episode 12 into like our recording software that we use um, that that meant that it was six months since we do two a month. So, Yay. wow. So today we are finishing our theme so the months are not getting off the months are fine everything's fine we're finishing our theme of books that have real people on the cover but like they really shouldn't an exquisite theme if i do say so myself i have i mentioned this last time i have a lot of feelings about books with real people on the cover and it is that it is almost never a good idea um i still stand by that i haven't changed now this is not for the book that we are about to talk about today but last week we read *The Kiss of Deception* by whoever, and then you proceeded to Her read Majesty the, the Queen Mary E. Pearson. Her Majesty the Queen Mary E. Pearson, of course. I just, I apologize. And then you proceeded to read the entire rest of the series, and you mentioned to me yes. that you have changed your opinion. Yes. On yes the book. So yep. I would so, I would like to hear it. That's actually the segment for today because it turns out that books with real people on the cover who like really shouldn't have real people on the cover is not actual fodder for like 
a real segment. So I'm going to give you my garbage pail update on how I feel about the Remnant Chronicles by Mary E. Pearson, um, her who Majesty is Her the Majesty Queen. the Queen, <laughs> as we discovered Thank last week, God. which Thank is God. so terrible. I Also, I then saw a news article like a few days after we recorded that episode about the actual queen, the Queen of England, and they referred to her as hmq her majesty the queen um and that really threw me off i gotta be honest that really <laughs> took you're me like for what did spin. mary e pearson do <laughs> yeah i was like why what, what what is what's going on i don't understand why is mary e pearson talking about what and then yeah, whatever it's fine um so i read the rest of this series and i believe that when we recorded last time i was like a halfway-ish done, something like that, with the third book. Um, I would just like to go ahead and talk to past me for a second, okay? Dear Past Marcy, you have seen at the bottom of your Kindle e-reader that you are 50% done with the book. However, you have not realized yet that the third book of the Remnant Chronicles by Her Majesty the Queen is almost 700 pages long. And that while you see the 50% done, you are only 50% done and still have a whole nother book's worth of book to get through. And everything is going to change and you are going to hate it. Love, Future Marcy. So, I'm going to go through it chronologically for you. Because do. that makes the most sense to me. So, um... Let's break it down. We already talked about book one. We have a whole episode on book one, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on book one. Book one is basically just world building, you kind of realize after the end of it. Like, really not much actually important in the grand scheme of thing, things happens in book one other than setting the stage for everything else. Um, I will say, I think I mentioned it last time, book one is works as a good point of comparison for the rest of the books in that the first half is really like cliche and hunky-dory and it's like all about finding true love and then the last half is not like that at all um and the rest of the series is more like that last half so they then spend the rest of the series looking back at that first tiny bit of book one they were like everything was really nice and being like i wish we could go back to that time but we can't um so that's it that's all for book one book two is called the heart of betrayal a bad name these titles exhaust are bad they're they are tiresome yeah they're cumbersome too they are cumbersome um can i just i'll just okay so book two we are now in the like rival kingdom of Vinda. Our main character, Leah, is like a, a, a prisoner there. Um, and they're like barbarians or whatever. But she like learns that they're not really barbarians because it turns out that we can have empathy for people that we've been taught to systematically hate. Um, and so that's nice. Uh, she is, of course, forced to sleep in the same room as Caden for much of the book because we have to have that intrigue or else what our reading was for um Rafe is there somehow I'm not really even giving you spoilers like all of this is like in the summary um I don't know I liked book two book two was pretty good I read book two really quickly I like sped through it I really like those situations where like our main character is like captive with like the stakes like surrounded by the enemy you know because usually like the stakes are really high so like the pacing is usually pretty fast and like you know, there's just, like, a lot that can go wrong, and therefore it's more interesting. Um, <clears throat> this is also the book where, like, this series goes from being about just her, like, wanting to find true love, and you're not really, like, you don't really care that much, to, like, her fighting for her country. So, like, the stakes are higher. And just overall, I was like, okay, this is a good book. Like, I liked what they're doing in terms of teasing us with the romance. I like the plot. I feel like I'm getting to know a lot more about the world. I feel like I care a lot more now. So that's really good. Um, I'm looking at the cover, and I know kind of what they're trying to portray in the cover after having read the book and looking back on it, and I don't see how the cover has anything. It's just one of those covers where, like, we're just going to make her, like, hot. Like, she's just going to be, she's going to look really pretty and elegant. It's like her in, like, a red <laughs> dress on, like, a little bridge in, like, a decrepit town. Oh, my God. Ugh. Whatever. It's fine. 
I know Pearson isn't in charge of the cover. It's fully a publishing situation and it's critiquing a cover only does so much. The cover is bad. The, the title is bad. She did have power over the title and the title is bad. So yeah, like the, the titles are all bad. Let's just, let's not kid ourselves. They're not good. Anyway. So book two, I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. This is fine. Okay. This is like maybe Stockholm syndrome, but like, it's okay. It's cool. We get a lot of backstory about, the second love interest Caden and everything's great um and then book three made me want to pull my hair out in frustration I hated it so let's let's unpack this um let's unzip the suitcase all, and I know once I'm sorry I keep talking on the covers but this is truly the most offensive of them all it is the epitome of books that really shouldn't have a real person on the cover but still do um it is a girl i think she's been like rained on she looks damp her hair looks wet um wielding a sword in front of like a battlefield but she's wielding it in a way that makes me really believe she's never picked up a sword before and like not in a way that lets like it just it looks so fake like they're like it doesn't look like she's like mid battle at all. Like it's just so like I can tell it's a model stand. You know, she's like I just found this on the ground somewhere. Yeah, and she looks kind of tough, like in her face, like she's looking away and stuff. But like I don't know, I just if you're gonna make her hold a sword, and the rest of the covers have been like far away or like you can't see her face at all, and it's really kind of nondescript. And then this one you can actually like make out her profile, and so you're kind of like. If you're going to give us a lot more of what you think she looks like and stuff, like make her look good. Anyway, I'm just being nitpicky. It's fine. Whatever. I hated the book, though. So this book is 686 pages long or 684. Excuse me. First of all, if your book exceeds 500, just make it two books. You already made three books. Just make it a, a third and a fourth. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because... I also think this book kind of had sort of two halves to it. Like you really logically could have made this a four book series. It would have been fine. It would have worked better that way, I think, because I wouldn't have gotten halfway through and thought, cool, everything's almost resolved. There's really just waiting on the final battle. Like literally halfway through the book, you just you're waiting on the final battle. Like it it can't it can't be building up that long to that moment. You know, like I don't need to know about all the strategy meetings. I know there were strategy meetings. I don't care about them. Like it doesn't add anything. Like it wasn't like it was 684 pages of essential information. It was 300 pages of essential information and almost 400 pages of just stuff that you don't need. And I'm just... I genuinely thought there were four books until you just told me that there were three. So that's really good news for me i just i don't know it's i actually got so annoyed that it was dragging on so much that i gave up i read the ending online on some wiki fan wiki page and then i was so pissed about the ending like i was so angry about it that i had to finish oh my god you did not tell me about that part (laughs) because i texted you what the ending was just because so i was so mad it was mm-hmm. so not what I wanted. And would you agree that the ending is wild and should not have happened? Literally. I and obviously like I'm not had, gonna say what yeah. it is, but like anyway, I just I got so angry that I dropped the book, read the ending, picked it back up so I could see like how that happened. I also hate how the love triangle resolved. I hate it. Nice. I hate it. It makes me mad. I don't think Leah made the right choice whatever regardless of whether or not she made the right choice i don't think what the like rejected party ended up doing like how his life turned out made any sense um i thought it was very much just like a bit of a pandery move on pearson's part to like make everything okay regardless Mm -hmm. of like if it made any sense to the reader and Mm -hmm. i also think it happened a little bit too I don't know what ended up happening just happened too quickly like it didn't feel natural to me it felt so forced and uh I'm just disappointed I'm just so disappointed by this book and by the end of this series because it was doing good it was doing well 
like I was really enjoying it and I liked it so far and things were going well and I was like oh great I think I found another fun like fantasy romance it's just kind of like the book equivalent of reality television that I can just mindlessly devour and it's great and there's a love triangle and I love love triangles and you know whatever there's strong female lead and there's gonna be a big battle and everything's fun and then it went and did me dirty and it the last book was 700 pages long and made me angry and I'm I'm not even saying anything intelligent I'm just ranting this is just so I can't believe how much I was let down by the last book now last episode when I was talking about love triangles I talked about the idea um that someone wrote an article about like the two choices for the main person not only is about like the person specifically but about the like ideologies and like choosing a new like entering a new stage in your life or whatever the heck do you think that Leah's choice whatever it was like made narrative sense in terms of no okay nice uh, nice that's nice. why it pisses me off it's not even so much that i she didn't pick the dude i would pick it's like you picked you didn't the rest of you made one decision like let's say in like her professional life she's a princess so calling that professional is weird but like that direction of her life what she chose to do to occupy her time the cause she ended up fighting for all of that is in one direction and then the person she ends up with is the opposite. And I just, I don't think they line up. I don't think it makes logical sense. I don't think like with her heart being in one place, she would go for the guy that was in the other. Like I just, it's like we talked about with like Gail versus Pete in the Hunger Games, like how they symbolize different things and different ways to live. Like that's the same thing with the two guys she was picking between. And I don't, I feel like it is, there is dissonance between the dude she picked and the life she picked. Interesting. Well, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it, Gray. I know. I'm mad and I don't get I it. I know. I was disappointed because I wanted to love it and I did love it for a while. And then the last one ended up being 700 pages long. It was so bad. It was so I know, bad. I see, I see like a 500 page book and I'm like, mm, no, I'm not going to pay attention for that long. I think I that know. that's too long. I think like if, there's like some exception for series that need like a big finale but like for the most part books that are that long really should just be more books yeah like you should just well you know you've said you've said it before but i I just wonder how you come to your publisher or your editor with a manuscript that is 684 pages long as the final project product what was it like before what did they cut yeah i was about to say it was probably longer before like it was published, so she probably gave more pages than that to to the editors and stuff, and they were like, oof. Or maybe it was the other way. I don't know. Some people don't write enough, but I don't get the feeling that she wasn't writing enough, considering no. you said that there are a lot of She seems like just... an overachiever. Yeah. Now, what would you rate it, just really quickly? Yeah, so I decided that I'm overall, because two-thirds of the series was good and I liked it. I decided that overall I would give it three stars. I had last episode said I'd give it four, like assuming trajectory stayed where it was going to go. It did not, and I'm mad. Um, But I cannot give it four stars. Honestly, three stars is generous. Three stars is really accounting for the fact that I like really liked the second book Um, because I just, I don't know. I I don't know. Three stars even maybe feels a little too nice. I think I'm going to stick with three stars, but... I don't know. It's just the last book was so badly paced. It like wasn't even like it was like 700 pages of action that you actually cared about. Like it was it was an effort. It was grueling. It was a marathon of a book, you know. I love the word grueling to describe the last book in a series or just anything. Grueling is a good word. It is a good word. And I'm going to give The Remnant Chronicles 3 stars. 3 being average. I think at the end of the day it evens out to average. Like if you look at the quality of the first two books versus last book and you zoom out, you're like, okay, that looks like an average book situation to me. Um, Would I recommend it though? A separate question? The answer is no, because the last book sucks. I'd be like, don't bother Uh starting it because you're not, you're going to be disappointed by the end. Like, yeah, you might enjoy the first two books, but the second book leaves off at a place where you want to keep reading. So it's like, you can't just stop. And because of that, I wouldn't say ever start. Interesting, because 
I've had that where I read a series and then the end of the series, I was disappointed, but I was still like, yeah, well, it's, it's still worth, you know, reading the rest of it. But I, yeah, that sucks that you wouldn't recommend any of it because of the end result. I just, I I don't know, like a series like this, you read partially because you're looking for a specific type of ending. Like you have a slow build romantic love triangle situation, like so much of the book hinges on that and like so much of your interest hinges on that so if you've spent all this time getting really invested in a relationship and at the end it's just really disappointing like what's the point i don't think there's a point you know you just leave unsatisfied i think that's fair i think that's like it's not like this book is doing something besides that you know what i mean it's not like a horror or a thriller or something where like you're getting other stuff too that would be a satisfying series like the most important thing about this was disappointing. So what's the point? Anyway, that's really all I got. Just 20 minutes of a rant. <laughs> that's fair. And, you know, that's what we do here. We talk about how we feel about books and how you felt about this book was that you needed to rant about it. And that's yep. fair. It was very entertaining yep. seeing your text about it, though, because <laughs> um, I had briefly looked at the wiki after we had gone into the Her Majesty the Queen stuff and accidentally seen the ending, which made no sense to me out of context, because of course I didn't know what any of the other books were about. Like I just saw like um, who she ends up with or something. And it was really, it was not ideal when you texted me who you wanted her to end up with. And I was like, "Uh oh, I already know. That's not good. Uh, but Yeah. It's fine. Thank you for that garbage pail. You're welcome. Just I'd like to way. do more garbage pails in the future. Um, hopefully they're I'll not all going to be as to angie as this. Angie. So that was uh, the Remnant Chronicles. By Her Majesty the Queen. Mary E. Pearson. And now we will be pivoting to our other book, the one that we actually read this week. Yep. Did did you just hear that that beep outside my house, my room? Mm, No, I did not. Did not hear it. It was really aggressive. Someone just like honking their 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 Oh my God, I can't speak car horn at someone like six different times we can take this out of the pot but it was really aggressive and upsetting anyway what do we read this week this week for our uh, books with real people on the cover but like they probably should not have real people on the cover theme we are reading or did read already you must not miss by katrina leno Magpie Lewis started writing in her yellow notebook the day her family self-destructed. That was the night Erin, Magpie's sister, skipped town and left her to fend for herself. That was the night of Brandon Phipps' party. Now, Magpie is called a slut whenever she walks down the hallways of her high school. Her former best friend won't speak to her, and she spends her lunch period with a group of misfits who've all been socially exiled like she has. And so, feeling trapped and forgotten, Magpie retreats to her notebook, dreaming up a place called Near. Near is perfect. Somewhere where her father never cheated, her mother never drank, and Magpie's own life never derailed so suddenly. She imagines Nier so completely, so fully, that she writes it into existence, right in her own backyard. It's a place where she can have anything she wants, even revenge. Dun dun dun! Dun 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 dun! So that was You Must Not Miss, or is You Must, it's the same thing. Um, it came out in April of 2019, so pretty fresh, fresh boy, pretty recent boy. Um, and do you just want to get into the to the Raiden? You want to get in it? Yeah, let's just uh, jump right in. Let's just jump right in. All right. For enjoyability, I gave it a four. Really? I liked this book. Do tell. Well, the reason that you, well, you saying really in that tone, <laughs> you, think you don't have the same opinion, but I don't know. I found it intriguing and um like i liked just genuinely the plot of it there's a character in it who is like that she's like made up basically and i liked him a lot i thought he was fun um i really liked magpie like her she's not like a good person (laughs) but um, i would argue she's a bad person yeah but the way that she's written especially at the beginning before things like really start going downhill is very real and you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with what you're saying about like you get all her emotions. They make sense. She's going through a lot. You feel bad for yeah. her. She's very 
you get a lot of her um, internal dialogue and like it's just really she's going through a, a lot. Her dad just left because he cheated on her mom with her aunt and her mom is an alcoholic and her sister like kind of abandoned her to go to college. And you're like, you're going through a lot, Magpie, and I'm sorry about it. Which, by the way, that is aunt as in her mom's sister, not as in her dad's sister, because I was telling the plot of this to one of my friends and they were they were like, oh, that's oh. And I was like, wait, no, that's not what I meant. So, no, no, anyway. not incest. Just not incest, bad. just very bad. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a maybe it's less about Magpie and more about the author that um, I was so I don't know. I just I think her emotions were really, really well done. I, I obviously she does she ends up doing things that are not good, um, but it's set up so much like you see how miserable she is. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. no, I mean you really explore her like anger and sadness and sense of loss and like yeah, it's kind of it's heavy, you know. And oh my god, her sister Pearson does a good job with it. Pearson, shoot, I'm thinking about the last book. What's her name? <laughs> uh. Uh, Katrina Leno. Yes, Katrina Leno does a really good job with it. But yeah, her sister. I was so mad at Aaron for just. Oh my god! I just cannot imagine just as an older sister doing this to my younger sibling. It just made me so mad. She so Magpie does stuff that's like a lot of it is like, hey, literally don't do that. That's not the way to handle this. Um, but what she ends up doing with her sister is no spoilers. But that one felt the most pretty warm like like i wouldn't have obviously because i'm just not a violent or like explosive sort of person like i just don't do things of that nature but i completely sympathize with what she ended up doing with her anger towards her sister you yeah know I, mean? I feel like her anger towards her dad and her sister were like the most justified of all of yeah. the feelings she had like yeah. those were really the people Things could have been really different for her. Her mom being an alcoholic sucks and is terrible. And I understand like the feelings of anger that come with when you have a loved one with an addiction, especially a loved one who's supposed to be taking care of you. Um, but like so much of that could have been mitigated if Aaron just, even if she still left for college, which I understood her going away to college, but like changing her phone numbers that the family can't reach them and like oh my God, trying yeah. to cut magpie out of her life was just so cruel and terrible and horrible so and i totally understand why she was so mad and like the line that the character says that um aaron says like when all of these things are blowing up or whatever is she says to magpie i'm sorry but i can't sacrifice my mental health just because you're not old enough to leave call me when you're 18 that's i ma'am that is not that is. sacrificing your mental health that is just like being there for other people like that's called I don't being know. a good person that made me so <sighs> angry You're so mad so angry i feel I like know, what is your book, rating i gave it a two uh-oh yeah we really disagree on this one right, right. i was bored most of the book to be honest um, I think because I didn't connect like at all with Magpie, even though she was going through something really hard. And like I said, I think Leno does a really good job with her emotions and stuff. I just felt that Magpie had such like a flat affect to her that is so unrelatable to me. Like she'd be like, I'm drowning in sadness, but really she'd just be sitting there staring. And that's just like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just didn't empathize with the way that she was because, like we said, she's not a great person. No. And I don't know. I, she's kind of an anti-hero. And I think that's, that's just not my thing. Like, I just didn't mm -hmm. really feel connected with her. And so then I was kind of bored for most of the book. Um, more than anything, I really felt for her friends. Like, those are the characters I care yeah. about. Were yeah. the couple of friends she makes throughout the book, like Ben and Claire. I just wanted the best for them. And I was like, I don't really mm -hmm. care about Magpie. <laughs> um, and I usually love magical realism. Like, it's one of my favorite things to read. Um, but I think I realized I like it more. I really liked, I will say, I really liked Hither. You talked about. Yeah. She made this, like, basically, the way this works is that she, it's, there's this line, which I thought was a really beautiful line, about, like, sometimes your sadness is so strong that it get ups, it, like it, it grows legs and walks away. Um, and so she has 
this basically imaginary friend called Hither, which I do like that all the names have to do with distance. She lives yeah. in farther. The imaginary mm-hmm. world is called Near, and her imaginary friend, I say imaginary friend, but he's like kind of this creepy entity, um, is named Hither. I really liked that. That I was into, but I just didn't really, I don't know. I'm usually feel like when I like magical realism, I like things that are a little bit more bizarre. Um, and like the concept of like a secret world through a secret door and a mundane object was just too Narnia to me. Like it wasn't unique or fun or new. It felt like it'd been done before. And I feel like it's something that like I would have come up with as a kid. Like it didn't feel fresh. And so it kind of didn't like excite me, I guess. Yeah, um, I I was least excited by near honestly like when i say that i enjoyed the book i'm mostly talking about its handling of like her family and the trauma she ends up going through and um i I don't don't think it's a spoiler so much it's just like content warning if you're gonna read this there's like sexual assault you know what i mean and like just the handling of that like i didn't really care so much about like when she was just like by herself in near i was like okay i don't cool you can walk places really quick you know but i did yeah, like either. i don't know it was kind of coralline um i kept waiting for it to go very coralline and like for like the people in near to be like actually evil and stuff and like be trying to like steal her heart or something um and i actually think i would have preferred it if it had gone down that direction yeah, it, it really didn't have much to do with like near no. didn't really do much like even the climax doesn't come from the actual like yeah like it's her doing things but near you know. is more about being like this metaphor for her right like it's less honestly of a plot moving thing and more of like a reflection of where she's at mentally because like this is basically watching a slow slip into madness happen like over yes. the course of this book yes 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 which brings kind of brings me to balance which i gave a 2.75 I felt I was I don't know maybe maybe I should take points away from expectations instead because this is sort of like both but like you know the synopsis makes it sound like the inciting incident is finding near but she doesn't actually go there until like 25% of the way through the book yeah which I think it was almost a third of the way through yeah like it's it's it takes her a while and so the book is much more about her getting basically her getting worse um you know and not really about the magical land or whatever that she has accidentally created it's about yeah her dealing with these things in bad i gave balance two um like i said earlier i was bored for most of the book for me the action like it didn't start getting interesting to me until the last like two chapters <laughs> um which isn't good because like i said i wasn't really that interested in near like it was like oh cool so like i get it your home life sucks, so you've created a place where your home life doesn't suck. Like, that's not that interesting. Um, and then, like, stuff doesn't start going really wrong. Like, her mental decline is going on, but she doesn't start to, like, break. Like, you don't hit a breaking point until the last couple of chapters, and that's when I was like, oh, okay, now I'm excited to read it. Um, and also, I feel like maybe I'm... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there was supposed to be a big reveal about what happened to Magpie at that party. And I don't think it was a big reveal. Like, I think what happened is out of proportion to the mystery around it. Like, not that sexual assault isn't bad, but I thought we all knew the whole time it was going to be sexual assault. It was, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't that what happened wasn't bad. It was that I thought we all already knew. And so when they revealed it, like, we didn't know. I was like, wait, I. I, I knew I assumed I the whole time that yeah. that's what it had happened so like why was it a big mystery yeah it was definitely an issue of of Leno trying to make this thing mysterious and like keep it wrapped up which it didn't need to be like it didn't even need to be like yeah no, it didn't it add succeeded, anything it wouldn't add it wouldn't have added anything um like it was pretty clear you can I feel like you can tell from the synopsis what happened you know what I mean if not the synopsis in the first couple of chapters when she mentions yeah. being called a slut, you kind of assume, I don't know, I would just assume, I assumed, I said, oh, something happened and some dude did something to her at a party and then blamed it on her and now the world hates her. Like, yeah. 
and I I don't even think I'm giving a spoiler by saying that it's given up in the first couple chapters and like but then treated like it wasn't given to you yeah yeah it was treated like that was not the obvious train of thought for this kind of setting (laughs) like yeah you know yeah because I kept waiting for them to like because obviously they allude to it it's pretty clear what it is but then she doesn't address it in her mind like at all until almost the climax and so like I kept waiting for it to be like okay are you gonna are you gonna mention it because we know but the book is treating it like we don't and you're not saying it. you know what I mean yeah yeah not a great not a great score for balance I just thought it was a really unbalanced book because it's kind of like a real slow burn but like I didn't like it wasn't a slow burn where I was like into the slow burn like if it's gonna be if it's gonna take a while to get going I understand and sometimes that's just how a book is but I didn't think it worked that's the that's the distinction with the balance being low for this is sometimes it can be slow and it works but I don't think it worked that's fair and that's true of most things I'd say all right for expectations eh, I gave it a three I I took points away for the things I was expecting from balance instead so I think it's just sort of like yeah you know what I mean a neutral three I gave it a two I've really Man, been harsh on this book like so far. Book, I really yeah. didn't like this book very much. Um, I gave it a two. If you go on Amazon, which I did a couple times um, to like look at this book, it says the bold at the top is one of us is lying meets Carrie in the suspenseful story of friendship, family, and revenge. Um, and I feel like I've seen in a lot of a couple other places, like the word thriller and suspense be thrown in a lot. And I don't feel like I got that at all. To be honest, I was expecting this to be more like um, like the movie Heathers or something where it's like dark and creepy and like it's a girl doing bad things. Yeah. Um, but like bad stuff kind of happens all throughout. And then there's just like a big thing at the end. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been better. And yeah. I just feel really I feel like this book was flat and it was let down by it because I like suspenseful things and I like dark things. Um, like I like reading stuff like that. And I read a lot of stuff like that. I read a lot of like horror and thriller books. Um, and this wasn't either. And I think it should have, I think it should have leaned into the horror more. I think this book would be better as a horror than it is as just like YA magical. I realism. agree also because like the horrific things that happen during like closer to the climax and whatever aren't very like, I they're pretty subdued like in terms of bad things you could do to someone that hurt you they're just sort of they're hard they're they're hard to believe to the point where it's like I don't even see the real horror in it like she did a bad thing do you know what I mean like this is not like a real person doing this is not good (laughs) by any means that's not what I'm saying but like like you said if it had leaned a little bit more into like doing you know I don't know just leaning into the the scary and the hurting like and also, there's a like, line where like hither she says like hither you're creepy and he's like well you're kind of creepy just lean into the creepy just make yeah. it a creepy book let it be creepy and it would have been better be creepy and also yeah because like it could have ha- it could have been carrie meets one of us is lying i think but then it super wasn't and also just like like hither makes mentions to her of like you aren't all powerful and like she starts to basically go like power hungry and whatever and being like i can make all these things and he's basically like you're gonna run out eventually but we don't really see her run out yeah i I wanted to see her fall yeah like i wanted this is just a build up to her being evil essentially but yeah like i thought it was a build up to her demise yeah and i wanted not that i wanted her demise because like i wanted her to not be bad you know what i mean like I, i was like oh no like you're just you're a 15 year old who's had some shit happening and I don't want you to do these things, but if you're going to do these things, I don't want it to just like, that's it. You know, I don't want that yeah. to just be the whole book. Yeah. And the ending, I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, but yeah. I will say the ending was confusing and yeah. disappointing. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. We'll, we'll discuss off the pod, but didn't yeah. love it. I'll just say I didn't get it. So for writing style, I gave it a four. Actually, I really liked Leno's writing. I gave it a four too. I thought she. Yay. I thought, despite everything, she's an excellent writer on like yeah. a sentence to sentence basis. Oh yes, there there were so many quotes from this that I that I highlighted. I even even if I didn't like love this book, I am gonna check out Leno's other stuff just because her writing style is so pretty. Yeah, 
I feel like that's my main takeaway from this book is I need to read something else by Leno because I did really like how she wrote and I also had a lot of highlights like I really enjoyed I like I enjoyed that part of reading it and I think that's partially why I'm so disappointed by it is because I liked how she was writing it just like the stuff that I wanted to happen wasn't happening like the book just wasn't doing it for me but I could see that it could because her writing is really good. Also, I'd just like to mention that there's casually a trans character in here that's like the love yeah, that interest. Is and I really I really liked that because I didn't pick it with that knowledge. Um and it's it's just always fun to be surprised by things like that. So thanks. Thanks. It was Leno. just like really refreshing to be like, oh, he is a love interest and it's like not a big deal that he's trans. It's just like part of him. And it's not yeah. like there's nothing gross about it. Like Yeah, like not she, being she trans mentions gross, but that people he's trans, aren't but... gross about it. Yeah, there's nice. not like overt transphobia from her or from like whatever and like she's never like well like i i can't like him he's you know she's never like that that's not the conflict yeah she's not like i can't like him he's trans yeah and and he's also just a good character i liked him a lot like you were saying earlier i loved him so much i'm so i'm yeah it's oh and um the friend claire is that her name yeah it's claire yeah claire was good claire Claire was good was a lot of the stuff written about Claire was really good. I'm trying to think of a better word for good, but just because because Leno's a really good writer. Claire's thing is that her father committed suicide like a few years before this book takes place, I think. And so the book kind of touches a little bit on like, you know, Magpie's home life has just been destroyed and her family is like in shambles. And then also like Claire has to deal with this tragedy basically. And... They kind of talk about it. And there, there are just some quotes from when they're talking about Claire that are like, I don't know. I like them. Yeah, no, I wrote down the one where it's um they were having a conversation and Claire's like, oh, I have baggage. And then it goes baggage, magpie repeated. But what she really wanted to say was more on the lines of I am so sorry I let them erase you. And that. Oh, so my God. good. It's so good. And because the, the whole thing is that this stuff happened at Brandon Brandon Phipps party or whatever, like six months prior to when the book starts. Um, And so she has to start sitting with like essentially the misfit kids. Um, And they're all people who something bad has happened to. And so now they're kind of like left out and ostracized because people are afraid, you know, high schoolers specifically are afraid to touch people that have had things happen to them. So like Claire's thing is that her dad committed suicide and there's, you know, all this, the rumors that have swirled around that. And then Ben is trans. There's like a girl who I thought was so stupid. The girl who got her period. Oh my like God. A chair. And that was like her whole thing. Year. That was that her was, trauma. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you could have just said something. Like there's so many other things that can happen to a person so, besides that. That is like the least, That that is not, I don't know. That's embarrassing. Like you're going guess, around the table. Like, come on. Yeah. You're going around the table and you're like, your dad just left your mom and your mom is an alcoholic. You're trans and had to deal with like a lot of like probably bullying and whatnot. Um, your dad is the, the bi character too. There's that a like bi experienced, character. Um, like people being grossed in basically. Yeah. And then it's like, you got your period. You got and your period. I don't know. I have friends who that happened to. They were not like ostracized for the <laughs> ostracized. rest of their high school career. I mean, was it embarrassing? Yes. But like it wasn't literally the end of the world sorry right this is not this was me starting on saying how beautifully she handled all of their trauma <laughs> and then i thought about that one and i couldn't let it go you're like never mind never you're like this one part no yeah um for memorability i gave it a three i think i'll remember ben because like i said that was just a, a delight to just be like hello casual trans rep um but then also, I think I'll mostly remember how good Leno's writing is and Hither. I really, really liked Hither. I just want more of, of Hither. Hither, but I, I want you to know, I mm-hmm. pictured him. Um, it's been a really long time. I think I watched exactly two episodes of Death Note in like, what, 2012? Oh, my God. Um, Did you picture him as the... Um, I, I pictured even, him. I don't know his, his name, name, but that thing. The black yeah. thing, the creepy yeah. thing. Yeah, I pictured that. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I watched all of death note when i was like 15 i don't remember anything from it but i love that you specifically pictured apparently that imagery really stuck in my brain because i could really not gotcha. get off of that yeah i love that hither's so fun especially like now hither. that i'm imagining him as that um for memorability i gave it a two and a half like i said i think this book just fell flat for me in a lot of ways and i just think it 
could have been more and then it wasn't and so I'm probably gonna forget about it because I'm just gonna like I, I don't think the things that happened up until the last two chapters were really very exciting and they didn't leave a big impression I did want to just read a little quote though back from writing style because I, I highlighted it and actually bothered putting it in my notes for once because I thought it Aww. was beautiful Aww. um so magpie spends a lot of time in her pool because that's like where her happiest childhood memories are and it ends up being like a big symbol of like the things lost for her um and so this is from a moment where she's in her pool magpie floated on her back and looked up at the perfect darkness of the sky the mess of stars a brighter dot she thought might be mars or venus a very faint speck of light that moved impossibly slow a satellite she counted three planes she counted 12 spots of blackness on the surface of her heart she tried to name them all but it was hard to tell sometimes where dark heart spots became from so good stuff like that she's a just good so writer good. y'all and i just i need to read other stuff by her because i i'm sure other things are better because she has yeah. the potential she has the skills it's just mm-hmm. it didn't pan out for this book and that's the good news about like i feel like in the writing world people that are just like getting their start it feels like you have one book like one shot and that's it but i feel like readers are pretty forgiving and your career as a writer is not one book you write more than that if you want it to be your career you know and like you did not like the book, you gave it a pretty bad score. But Katrina Lynn was a good writer, so you might give her a chance for another one. And I don't know. I just that's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I lost comforting. the end of the thought, but it's com- yeah. It, that's it's it comforting. Is. You're a person yes. who wants to write professionally, and that's a comforting thought for you. Yeah, they're like even if the I did I did I fell flat with the plot and whatever. If someone sees something in it that they like, even if the rest of it they don't like, they might still be willing to give me a shot. So. All right. What about uh, believability? What do we got? I gave it a 2.5, which is my lowest one, because mostly because I had a hard time believing when Magpie was happy, which sounds weird. But the way that the, the like that the book is structured, it's it's her like the slow descent into madness and the other things around her are getting better. You know, like her mom, there's a moment where her mom starts to be yeah, like, that is true. I'm going to stop drinking. And then like she like has a date with Ben and like she's hanging out with Claire. And we're supposed to believe that Magpie is having a good time. But there's, I don't know, there, there was something about it that I was like, this feels too, too convenient maybe or too yeah. like, maybe it was just because, you know, I wanted her to not be slipping still and I was like hoping that maybe that would help and it didn't and maybe that's why I didn't feel like it was as compelling but like I didn't love that and I didn't I don't know maybe I've just been like lucky but her ex-friend was not very believable to me in terms of like yeah you know she's a caricature of a person yeah she's she's very mean and she says things that I'm like does a human being with feelings say that and like I said maybe I've just been lucky and I've not met really horrific people but to be fair i think both allison the ex-friend and um magpie are definitely like sociopaths like they don't care about anyone else at all yeah they have their own feelings but they do not care about anyone else even when she likes ben and she likes claire and she has friends she doesn't really care about them like she cares about them so far as much as they're nice to her and she's able i don't know and she's like able to see them from a pretty objective standpoint like the whole like I'm sorry like that I let them erase you and I think she does feel bad a little bit sometimes for how mean like how she went along with what Allison did but like uh you know some stuff she does at the end she does pretty heartlessly I mean she does some stuff to people who don't really deserve it it. like there's a couple people she gets revenge on we're like okay yeah like I, I can see how you could do that without thinking too much about it yeah but there's some times where you're like um magpie um i just want to check in with you for a minute Um, (laughs) hey magpie you're good i don't think so like i don't really think your empathy is functioning right now yeah um what (laughs) (laughs) yeah plus i like we said the like girl whose trauma was that she had her period at one point and the sort of like character ish of like high school life I don't know. I didn't love that. Maybe that's some people's experience, but um, I'm just not as interested in pictures of high school that are just like the jocks sit over here and they throw parties and um, the popular girls are over here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I went to like a big public school and that wasn't my experience. Like, I think you went to a smaller art, art magnet school. school. 
Yes. So it makes sense that you wouldn't have had that experience. But I went to a school that like you wouldn't you think that's how it would go at my high school? Yes. And Knowing just, where you went. Yes. Yeah. And it's just at least maybe I just got lucky with my class. I mean, there was definitely like the jocks and they're definitely like kind of the cool girls. But it wasn't like, I don't know, I guess farther is in a smaller town, too. So maybe like if you are rejected from one group, that's it. Yeah, I guess my class had 400 people in it. So it was like, I, you know, I guess maybe there More was it because room. there were so many options. It's like you didn't get as much in people's business Yeah, because um, it's like, well, if you get in a fight with this person, whatever. There's 400 more people to go be friends with. Right. Um, but I don't know. It just did really feel like a caricature of high school. I agree with that. I also gave it a 2.5 sort of for the same reasons. I thought it was like mostly believable. The magical realism that happened like with Nier and with Hither and stuff. I was like, you know what? She set up kind of rules for how the magic would work. And then she stuck to the rules, which is what I expect in terms of believability. Yeah. I was like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. The thing that was unbelievable to me, I think Allison was definitely a caricature of like high school bitch girl. Right. Um, and I think just the dynamics of high school were too exaggerated like they were just like i get it high school is hard and socially it can be really hard and some people do have really bad experiences but i feel like it just took it to like a very like disney place yeah you know it was yeah i agree i agree i think that's i think that's a fair assessment so I gave it a 2.5 and I was like, I mean, it was just a hair unbelievable. It wasn't like yeah. wild. It was yeah. just a little bit like, all right, Allison doesn't need to say this. Right. This is a little far, like calm right. down, you know. And also just fine. like, if you're going to have an exaggerated version of high school, I want it to be like camp, you know, like I don't want it to just be like just exaggerated enough that it feels like a Disney movie. I want you to commit to this being an exaggerated version of high school which obviously this book was not trying to do. So wasn't wasn't great. Wasn't ideal in that in that situation in that in that aspect. Yeah. I agree. So overall, what'd you get? Uh, let me do my calculations real quick. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I got. It was a 2.5, which I feel bad about. It's the worst I rated something so far. Um yeah, it just wasn't my book. That's okay. You know, it happens. I gave like it I said, a 3.2. I, 3.2 that's better that's yeah. average um like i said i really liked leno's writing so i'm probably gonna read more stuff by her specifically and i'll probably like it a lot more this just like wasn't it for me i don't know yeah I just didn't do and it it fell flat i'm looking at it and she seems to have other magical realism books that you know that's a thing you like so perhaps perhaps you'll be into it into her other ones would you recommend this book mm, probably i don't think it's gonna be my like up there choice not at the top of my brain that's not a phrase anyone's ever used but you know what i mean like that's not gonna come to mind first when thinking of books to recommend to people but maybe yeah i probably wouldn't i mean i gave it under three so that makes sense oh what's our cumulative what's our combo score um what did you say yours was 2.5 2.85 is our total nice all right uh, I also want to add the chapters of this book are based off a nursery rhyme I'd never heard before. Yeah, I, I did not know what that was. was or so from. it is a nursery rhyme. It's called One for Sorrow, and it's just one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it is based off of the like superstition that a magpie is like an omen. And so depending on how many magpies you see together is like what it means is coming. So one for sorrow, two for joy. Well, that makes sense with her name because there's only one magpie. Exactly. So her name is Magpie, so her life is sorrow. So like that's that's what that's talking about. But I had never heard that nursery rhyme before. I didn't know what it meant the whole time. It wasn't until I finished the book and I was like getting ready for the podcast. And I was like, wait, what the heck did that mean? I feel stupid. I feel like I should have gotten that. And I get it now. And you get it now. Well, so not a great book this week in terms of our rating. Uh, Somehow not. Somehow not as good as the Remnant Chronicles, though, in terms of what you gave the Remnant Chronicles, which I think is funny. It's because the Remnant Chronicles, the first book, is so my guilty pleasure type of book. Like That's fair. It just hit all of my guilty pleasure boxes. Like It had all the things that I feel bad about liking that I still like, and so therefore I liked it a lot. Um, you know, yeah. You know pressure points? It hit, like, I was going to say pleasure points, but I don't no. like that I said it. So actually, oh, I take it no. back. Oopsies. Uh, uh, mistake. I don't like it. Bad, bad, bad. Anyways. Yeah, somehow this is 
Mm, yeah. Wait, no, this is higher than The Kiss of Deception. Uh, but I'm, I meant the whole series. Oh, the whole series. You like know, your garbage pail rating. It's because the first two books were good. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. I just feel kind of, I think I might just add an edit to the end of this where I decrease it down to 2.5 stars. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. I feel, I'm not sure about it still. Have to think about it. Yeah, who's to say how I'm actually going to go with that? I, I don't know. I just still mad about the room. Uh, I think, you know what? I think I'm going to stand by three stars, but I don't recommend you read it. Okay. Okay. Because that, that okay. makes sense to me. That's fair. Three stars, but it's not worth it. Now, Marcy, what do we have for next time? So next time we are f- moving to the new theme. Um, and our next theme is going to be epistolary novels. Uh, which I did have to look up because I'm not an English major and I don't remember ever learning that term. I'm sure I probably did. Um, And so if you don't know, quick, real quick, an epistolary novel is a novel that is told with media other than like a normal book. So traditionally that would be like letters or diary entries, but it could be other types of media as well. Um, So like text messages count or like reports of some kind, whatever. Um, So we are going to be reading those for February. What I think is funny is that we partially picked that theme for February because, like, it could easily go into the romance realm. Um, mm-hmm. Lends itself very easily, I think. And then the book I picked is not like that at all. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So I actually ended up picking a book called The Wicker King by Kay Ankrum. Let me pull it up so I can tell you about it because I don't really remember that much about it other than, like, the impression it left on me. Um, One second. It's LGBT. I just looked at it on Goodreads. Yes. So I'm Aww. nervy about the LGBT part because some oh, people no. are saying it's like like actually LGBT and some people are saying it's queer baiting and I'm, mm. but it's not, not a around. romance. So I'm kind of like maybe the point, like that just wasn't the point. Um, but basically this is like a psychological thriller oh. um, about two friends that are like kind of codependent and one of them has a... Um, hallucinatory disorder and so like he's having a really hard time distinguishing between reality um and then both of them start to kind of question what is real um and it is so it's like a little intersection between like fantasy and magical realism and like thriller like psychological thriller um, i'm excited about it it's different it's a really different book than anything i've read recently yeah. um so sounds exciting yeah, it does sound exciting. It's really like hard to find. I don't think it was like it has like four star rating on Goodreads with thirty nine hundred ratings, which I feel like is a pretty good yeah, like, that's pretty size. good. Um, but like it, there's not an audible version of it. Um, so weird. It's not the library. Yeah, I think partially because it does, it is LGBT. That's what I find is I find these books that I really am excited about, but they're LGBT and then they don't exist at the library, and yeah. it drives me crazy. Because this was the issue I had when I was looking for paranormal romances and stuff um, for the Halloween episode was like, I actually found books that would work, but like, I just couldn't get my hands on them. Um, It was published in 2017. So it's like pretty recent, decently recent. Yeah. Um, And yeah, that is The Wicker King by Kay Ankrum, who is a woman I found out. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Kay Ankrum is a cool name. Yeah, it is a good name. I wonder what her first name actually is. I could easily Google it, but yes, I'm not. Could. And I'm just going to keep it in mystery. A mystery. <laughs> just for yourself, for fun. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm excited about the whole epistolary novel idea. Um, I actually don't remember how this is an epistolary novel. Like, I don't remember if it's like letters or what. Um, it just came up on a list and it was kind of the most unique thing I found. And I was like, oh, this sounds cool. Um, and the things that it says readers also enjoyed are things that I've heard good things about. So, like, I mm-hmm. wish you all the I best just, is on there. Yeah. Um, red, white, and royal boo. Royal boo. <laughs> royal boo. Nice. Red, white, and royal blue. Um, so that gives me hope that it will be sort of good. It's not supposed to be a romance. I will say that. Even though it's shelved as LGBT, it is not a romance. So I think yeah. I will keep that in mind as to not expect there to be the romantic um, arc necessarily. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think there's definitely, like, love but I don't Some think it's romance. Happening. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, is sort of the vibe I get. So, because I didn't want to pick something that was just queer baiting, but I think the point—I don't think the point is for there to, to be. be queer baiting. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. We'll see. And though. We'll, it might. End yeah, up. we'll we'll figure it out. So we'll do it. Yeah, I'm excited to read it though. That's All gonna right. do it for us today. today. Yeah, that will do it for us today. today. 
um check out bookingsiblings.com we've actually been like pretty on top of the blog lately um so we have posts for everything um I also added I don't know if you noticed I added a new section to the blog called what should I read next or whatever I can't remember what I actually titled it (laughs) but if you like go to our main menu you'll see it and it is a convenient section that has all of our posts that have like lists so our like top book of the year list or what you should read by zodiac list things like that where it's like you could go and get recommendations um as opposed to like looking at our individual book posts so I thought that was a cool thing to add um I like our website it's fun we've actually been on top of blog posts so I'm also going to be posting my detailed thoughts about the remnant chronicles if you're interested yes uh yes yes so give me the ranting in post form (laughs) it's literally just the exact same thing I yelled about for 20 minutes just as in text so nice also check us out on twitter also at book and siblings we talk about we don't talk about stuff over there. I run it. There's no we in this. There's no dialogue. But um, you can keep 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 updated on what we're reading, what we're doing, new episodes, and etc. So yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. Listen uh, next week. Pick up the Wicker King by K. Agram wherever you'd like to do that, and uh, join us. Let's have a good time reading a little psychological thriller whatever it is it'll be fun possibly with uh, some some bike characters so possibly some bike characters we'll see so yes. thanks guys leave us a review on itunes if you can or apple Podcasts, whatever the heck it's called who knows who knows probably sound old every time i say itunes <laughs> <laughs>